Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, friends and lovers, Bill Kasky here. Another episode of the 2X Podcast. I want to share with you a little change we're going to make. And it's not quite ready yet, but we are going to be doing these podcasts on video on my YouTube channel. And I will put that channel address in the notes here of this episode. And I'll keep reminding you, but uh, we're going to be ripping the audio from the YouTube channel. And I think it's going to be better for you because it'll give you a chance to watch what I'm doing. And many times, in fact, almost every week, I will have either a guide that goes with it or some kind of graphic that kind of shows what I'm talking about. It's a little bit better learning to me than just audio learning. And so that's what we're going to start doing. So I will be reminding you that all of these podcasts you can see live. And then if you still want to listen on YouTube or on uh, iTunes, you can still do that through here. So the same content, it'll just be, you'll have a live option and a a visual option. Today's topic is five ideas. And I've done this before, and I've got a lot of uh, good, good response to these. I just give you some uh, they could be tactical. They could be strategical. I don't want to get too hung up on what's the definition of tactical versus strategical or strategic. Uh, is there such a word as strategical? I don't know. It seems like there should be if there's a word tactical. Anywho, I've got five things. Actually, I've got seven written down on my board, but I'm just going to go through five. And these are things that I think will be fairly easy to implement, and that's the way I look at all of training, you know, of all the coaching I do. We're just launching a brand new program called the World Class Sales Leader, and I've got it filled with some really good people. We're going to be doing some other promotion of that a little bit later this fall. You'll get access to, to a little bit more of that. But it's it's remarkable the kind of feedback I get from sales managers, sales leaders about some of their issues. And it, it's really good content. And one of the things that I hear most frequently is, you know, we've got this sales methodology. It's not ours, but sales methodology. And it's, it's very complex and no one uses it. And I, I hear that a lot from organizations. You know, we invested a lot of money in spin selling or in Miller Hyman or whatever the top seven or eight are. And nobody uses it. And I always say, of course nobody uses it because it's too complicated. It's too complex. It takes the humanness out of the equation. And what is selling and communication and persuasion but humanness? It's one human being to another. It's understanding the human nature of the person you're selling to. Getting a little jazzed up here. And understanding your own human nature and how those two work together. And you can have boxes and charts and Gantt charts and flow charts and sequences and processes and systems and all that crap. 
But if you don't have your mind right and your heart right about why you're even in the business of professional selling, and you don't know what kinds of pains and problems you solve, you're just looking to shove people through a process, it ain't going to work, sister, brother, it's not going to work. And so then what people do is the companies buy these big, hairy systems and methodology. I love that word, methodology. What's your sales methodology, Bill? William. And then it doesn't work. And then they get frustrated. And then somebody like me comes along and says, yeah, we tried that before. It didn't work. Well, it didn't work because you did it all wrong. That's why it didn't work. You didn't have any core principles or philosophy behind it. It really, in many ways, these selling systems that are out there are really just, they're sequences that where you try to get somebody to do something like buy. And I think that's a, that's hard work. Why would you put yourself through that? I mean, why would you do that? Why don't you find people who already have some kind of desire to, to change and to solve and to fix and to remedy and go sell to them? They're a lot easier. But, oh, we, we don't. We, we latch on to somebody who kind of, they kind of maybe somewhat say something that a prospect might say. And we say, hey, that's a prospect. And it never was. That's why the closing percentage in American business is 6 to 12%, 15% maybe. So... This notion of strategic and these big complicated things, it's, it's, it's BS, it's hogwash, Hogwarts, it's hogwash. So I'm going to give you five things here that are very tactical, very easy to implement. Here's number one. Before you go into an organization to make a call, and let's just say that this is either on the phone, on the web, or face-to-face, there's some kind of initial conversation that is going to happen, initial discussion. In all my training programs and all the people that I work with, there's always some kind of that initial connection with people. You have to focus your mind on them and away from you. On them, away from you. It's not what am I going to get out of this relationship. It's not how is this person going to help me achieve my goals. That has nothing to do and shouldn't have anything to do with your attitude heading in. You've got to be totally focused. How can I bring value to this relationship? How can I inspire? How can I be curious enough to ask questions so that I understand what what they're going through? What's their dilemma? First discussions really should be primarily about what's the condition of their business life right now, and is it something that I might be able to add value to? So a focus on them not on you. Number two is a one-year plan. I talked about this in a LinkedIn video I did here a couple weeks ago. If you can't produce for me on a piece of paper your one-year plan of what kind of income you want to earn, what your ideal prospect looks like, what's your strategy for, for initiating discussions, what's your philosophy about just what we talked about, about selling to people and the buyer-seller process. I want to know what's the one-year plan for you. If you can't produce that, you know, I say one page. I don't care if it's one page. I don't care if it's five pages. I want you to produce something. And my advice to the sales leader last week on the LinkedIn video was when you sit down and coach your people for the as we head into the final months of 2018, everybody ought to have a 90-day plan and then starting to work on 2019. If you have nothing to produce physically, you have no plan. And by the way, a plan is not a forecast. It's not what am I going to do revenue-wise or income-wise next year. That's not a plan. 
That is not a plan. That's a forecast. And some of your leaders, and I know I'm talking on this too, there's quite a few sales leaders and CEOs and presidents that listen to this who, who really care about selling. I got that. But if this plan is not produced, producible uh, and you can't print it off, you can't hit print and create something, it's not a plan. It's a pipe dream. Forecasts are not plans. And I know, I, I was getting ready to say, sales leaders, I know sometimes you don't care about how a person's going to get to their end goal. Presidents of companies, you don't really care. You just know that this territory should do two and a half million. You want it to do two and a half million. Don't ask me any questions. Don't get into the details. I think that's misguided. I think that's wrongheaded. Why wouldn't you be interested in how somebody is going to create revenue for your company or for you if you're a VP of sales? I want you to get into the detail, not stay in the detail and, and call them every morning and say, hey, how are we doing on the details? Of course not. But if somebody says, look, I'm going to grow my territory from $2 million to $2.5 million this year or next year, then if you're a leader of that person somewhere above them in the, in the pecking order, ugh, I hate that term, then you need to say, okay, great. Let's go to lunch someday, and I want to hear how you're going to do it. I want to, I want to hear. I'm interested. Not, not how in the hell are you going to do that, pal? No, it's I'm interested because what if you can add a dimension of understanding that they didn't have after they go through it? Until you know how they're going to accomplish a goal, you have no way to coach them. Be clear, you leaders and CEOs and presidents, that if somebody gives you a one-year plan and it has no how in it, it's not a plan. Number three, pain first, presentation second. Never mix up the order. Find out the dilemma the prospect is facing. Find out what their hurt is around that, what their aspirations are around that, what their problems and frustrations and any kind of industry threats that exist if they don't fix this. Then prescribe your solution. I was in a meeting the other day, and one of the uh, ladies in the meeting we were role playing a little bit, and she said, uh, "Well, I'll just, you know, I'll just tell the prospect right up front that he's not he or she, I don't know, he, he's not going to find any better solution than what we have." And I said, "Carol, you have just screwed the pooch there." Actually, I didn't say that. That wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been very nice. But I said that that's wrong headed. Well, that's what I do. And I said, "Yeah, that's why you're not succeeding in the business too. That's why you're seventh on a stack rank of ten people." I didn't say that either, but afterwards we did talk about that because she broke down and kind of told me, yeah, you know what, I'm sorry, I, I, need, to, I need to figure this out because I'm not doing very well. And I said, well, you're not doing very well because you're not thinking about it in the right way. It's got nothing, it's no personal flaw. You're just not thinking about it properly. And so my role as a coach is to change your thinking about things. And one of the key elements of thinking is stop pitching. Pain first, pitch second. And if you are spending one minute finding the problem the customer has around your solution and 59 minutes pitching the solution, you are way out of whack. Your timing is way off. I would rather you spend 40 minutes finding out what their conditions are and their, what their problems are and 20 minutes pitching them on your solution. Number three, always message from their perspective. This is one of the hardest things that we do. And I think it's because we spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week, three, six, yeah, you know, all that. But let's say we're 40 years old. 
We have spent 40 years looking at life through our own eyes. We don't spend one second of our life looking at things through the eyes of another person. Now, if we're in conflict or if we're in therapy or if we've got spousal marital things and we go to a a counselor and they say, you know, can't you see the way your husband or wife sees this? And we're forced to do it, yes. But in sales, we're not forced to do it. And so therefore, and frankly, I'm convinced the reason the closing percentage is so low is because we are unable to do this. We're unable to take what we do and filter it through the eyes of the prospect and take how we come into a meeting and take what we say in a meeting and take how our questions come across. We can't filter any of that through the eyes of the prospect because we're just not good at that. We see everything through our eyes, and we ask 25 questions in a row, and we seem to be interrogating the hell out of somebody, and they get uncomfortable. We never see it. And at the end of the meeting, we say, you know what? That was a pretty good meeting. I got a lot of good information. Yeah, but you blew somebody up. You weren't inspiring. You were interrogating. So how do you change your perspective from being me-oriented to being them-oriented? We talked about a little bit of this earlier. And the way you do it is to change your intent. Your intention should not be to make the sale or to get another meeting or to get in front of the owner or whatever. Your intent should be to create a present moment situation where you're creating an atmosphere for truth, where there can be some honest conversations about their issues, how you work, the fact that you're a premium seller. I mean, if you want to bring price into it, but have honest conversations about that. But do it from from the perspective of what is in the heart and eyes of the person I'm speaking with. Very tough to do. And number five, it's your decision, my friend. Your decision. What does that mean? Sounds very serious, Bill. Your, Your voice got very quiet there. What do you mean it's my decision? It's your decision to, to, as to whether you want to pursue a piece of business or not. It is not their decision. It is your decision. How many times have we been on the phone and it, we, we give off this vibe of pleading or needing or desperation or attachment? You don't think the person can feel that? You don't think your prospect feels that like immediately? And it's not that they hate you for it. It's that it, re- it causes them to reflect on their own neediness. Don't be needy. It doesn't help you. It doesn't look good on you. It doesn't, it doesn't go with your skin color or your hair color or your shoes. <laughs> neediness goes with nothing. Wealthy people don't want to be around needy people. It does not fit. It's incongruent. So if you're calling on, oh, I know you are, calling on wealthy people, non-wealthy people, doesn't matter. Don't be needy. And your decision, it's your decision as to whether you want to pursue them, not their decision as to whether they want to pursue you. Five ideas, you implement a handful of those, three or four of them, I think you're going to see your attitude and your world change. Once again, I'll be uh, updating you here about the YouTube channel. We'll be continuing to come. 2X Podcast, not going away. Just going to change the format a little bit. Still be an audio. We're going to add video to it. I think it'll help you, and we'll be asking you to subscribe to that channel very shortly. Talk to you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. 
If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkaskey.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.